Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. All right, guys, we're rolling here this morning. You heard the news, another mass shooting, craziness. Did a little deep dive on this early this morning because my wife texts me. I get the text when I wake up. She says, I went to bed late. She said there was some breaking news from Maine. And we got another crazy on the loose here. And uh, make no mistake about it, guys, when you've got demons speaking into their heads, I mean, it's, you got a guy here that was in a mental health institute for two weeks, said he heard voices in his head, and even threatened to shoot up a National Guard armory. You might want to hold on to a guy like that. Just saying. This ain't that hard. By the way, the voices in the head are called demons. It's real. As a pastor, I've worked with a lot of people, many, who have heard voices in their heads. They're either self-destructive or others destructive. It's not good voices. These are bad voices. And sure enough, Professor Lawrence, you're in the cloud of witnesses. You are right. You see the church, the government, and the family break down Boom. More and more chaos. Now, this is a one-off. You can't look at this and draw mass conclusions. But, I mean, it's, it's, look, we don't get this down in the dumps around here. But yesterday, University of Washington, Seattle, chance of we don't want Israel to exist, we don't want these Zionist counter-protesters to exist, chanting over and over again. We want them gone. Gone annihilated hundreds and hundreds of students chanting this another campus beating on doors of a library with Jewish people locked inside and they're wanting to get inside that's not all goes on from there guys I mean it's staggering but here's NYU NYU students holding up signs saying and I'm reading them here in two girls hands please keep the world clean with the symbol of Jews in a trash bin. Two signs, same thing, marching around. There's one thing to me that's even more despicable, if it can be, than what the Hamas did, is people that sit back and evaluate the actions and somehow endorse it. That is a deep darkness. That is evil. That is sick. And it's in our nation. These are dark days. If you don't think they're dark, you need to take your pulse. Of course you do. Question is, what do you do with it? We're going to be talking about that here. That's what we do all the time is going, how do we respond to a world that's both filled with blessing and filled with curses? How do we respond? It's a tough one. How would you fix it, Allie? (laughs) Come on. How would you fix it? How would I fix? You got, you got, we got dilemmas all over the place. What would you do if you were queen for a day of this country? Would you do anything? Wow. Um, I mean, there are, the answer is Jesus, obviously. No there, question. You can't legislate that. You can't no. legislate people turning to Jesus. I had an interesting conversation in a lift ride yesterday with uh 
gentlemen, and we just started talking about things of faith. And, you know, we passed, there was a massive police presence here in Chicago. I don't even know what was happening, but it was maybe 10 to 12 police cars. And they were trying to calm down something that had happened. And so we just started talking about mental illness, the nature of evil. And he started talking about people are mostly good. And I said, do you believe that? I said, do you believe that we're kind of good from the beginning? And he, he explained why he believes that, yes, pretty much people are good. You know, we, it was an interesting conversation because obviously we don't, we, we know that people are not inherently good. And so I asked him a couple more questions. And I think a lot of people kind of cling to this belief that, yeah, there's a lot of evil out there, but there's still a lot of good and people are mostly good. And we're, when we're confronted with sin, we have to acknowledge that, no, the root of sin is in the heart of man and it's in all of us. And unless there's an answer for sin, we just see increasing levels of darkness. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you're right. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, here's what's weird. Everybody can, we can talk and we can speculate, we can worry and wring our hands, but the minute we go, what are we going to do about it? It, the truth is, I'm afraid. I don't mean that in a fearful way, it's kind of nomenclature. History proves that until we get broken as a people, really, really broken, 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 we don't see our need for Jesus or God. Mm-hmm. And so this rancor and anger, and fatherlessness and all this stuff that's going on, it never ends well in history, Ellie. No, because this idea that somehow the goodness of man will prevail, it's never happened before. No, no, There's it hasn't. No not only no biblical, but there's no historical precedent for that either. Yeah. For the goodness of man, somehow we collectively come together and the goodness in us causes us to turn a family or a nation around. Doesn't happen. No, you're right about that. Doesn't happen. You're right about that. Something has to break. Something has to break. Yeah, these are tough days. So here's the easier question for you, Allie. How do God's kids, we're not all born God's children, guys, First John, but how do God's kids respond? How do you think we, what, what do we do? Humility, prayer. I think that there's actions that can be taken, but I think the humility and prayer piece is important. Yeah, and I think an alignment of our life with God in such a way, added to that, in such a way that the world will see our good deeds and glorify our Father. The only thing that, the, the one hugely redeeming factor of disciples of Christ is that we are the messengers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We can shine a light into darkness and that people can turn around based on what they see in our lives. So what's weird is, is the rougher it gets, the more the call is on our life to live as, as Christ lived, to be apprentices of Christ, to let our light shine through our actions to people around us, certainly not to be ambivalent to what's going on, sure. and certainly not to cast judgment. 
It's an interesting world that we live in. When I was a kid growing up, things were very different in my little burg in Alaska. There were problems. And there were, there were, there were an occasional murder. And it was like petty theft, shoplifting. And just a different world. Living some tough times here. Yeah. And I mean, and that sort of, you know, I think it's there's some relative or perspective there. Like, I mean, there are many people who grew up in places that were not idyllic. No, I'm talking about not, my place. Yeah. Yeah, my place. Oh, are you kidding me? I just got back from Burundi. You want to talk about not idyllic? <laughs> so you go, what, what do we do with all of this? Yeah, it's when a it tough feels one. like the wheels are coming off. Why don't you pray? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Sovereign Lord. Yeah. We look to you. We don't have answers, but we know that you do. We know that our, the pain runs deep, God. We know that apart from you, we can do nothing. Our lives are broken. You, we need rescuing out of the pit. And you do that. So, Lord, I just pray for the turning of hearts to you, God, that we would see a great awakening in our city, in our state, in our nation, Lord. Lord, that when we see things like mass shooting and like these protests that just seem so rooted in darkness, Lord, that there would be an opening of eyes and a turning to you that says there has to be a better way. There has to be an answer for all of this. And God, for those who are afraid this morning, Lord. Thank you that you are our anchor. You are an anchor for our soul. Lord, ultimately you are victorious, God. So help us to cling to hope in you, not to despair. Lord, those who hope in you aren't put to shame. So let us walk confidently and boldly, knowing that we have the greatest message the world's ever heard, God. And give us the courage and the boldness to share it with others, Lord. Calm our anxious hearts as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, coming up, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, and we're even going to be looking at the story of Joseph. Oh, I love this story. Learning to follow Jesus each and every day. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, there's a lot going on in the news right now, and some of this, like Ali said, you will never see on news. Why is that? Why is some of the stuff that's going on that is just like, uh, you won't see it on news? I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I think it's hard to share on news. I, there's, a, there's a point at which you show the underbelly of our country and you go, ugh. And I'm trying to give the benefit of the mm-hmm. doubt here. Sure, I think that's fair. I, I'm going to give less benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Usually I'm that guy. Yeah, I, I would say that news organizations, and I'm going to say no matter what side you live on, there are biases. There are political biases. There are messages that want to be gotten across And when there is something like this uh, with these college campuses that are going out, uh, sometimes it can, uh, I'm going to use air quotes, hurt the brand. And so people don't want to hurt their own brand, so they kind of let things go by the wayside or they find ways to explain it away. Right. I mean, those things happen all the time. The problem is, as our guest Gertz yesterday said, the problem is is that if it was a 50-50 press, that would be kind of helpful. It would be super helpful. But when you've got 90 to 97% of the press gives their discretionary dough to a party that is aligned with pretty twisted values, well, 
you lose objectivity quick. I 100% agree. It's a tough one out there, guys. Here's the thing. I think what I got to say this before we go, because I don't want the last thing I want us to do is turn into angry evangelicals. By the way, how do I deal with stuff that I see as rank injustice and weird things that I know are of just horrible to the heart of God? I'll be honest with you. I get mad sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll gather myself, get alone with the Lord, and I'll go, okay. People are not the enemy. Yeah. No, I have to do this, yeah. guys. This is a ritual I do in my life. People are not the enemy. God is sovereign. Acts 4 prayer, right? Sovereign Lord. You're not wringing your hands. I'm not going to either. I don't have to fear because you are with me. You'll take me through the valley of the shadow of death. Everything's going to be fine. You'll even set a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So it's okay. Now I can get back to being a gospel man again. Mm-hmm. That's my process. That's good. And I have to go through this a lot. Sometimes on one newscast, I'll do that four times. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not overstating this. No, it's yeah. fair. It's a wild world out there, guys. It is. Coming up here in a moment. We broke down Joseph's story click, uh, quickly. We will almost said clickly, which means we're trying to get clicks around here. No. no. That's a great new word. Clickly? Yes. Yeah. I like it. Clickly. Okay. Yeah. It's the way you get hits on your website. So we broke it down quickly, but we're going to slow it down. We're going to be talking about betrayal in this half hour. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been betrayed by an enemy, but you saw God's hand carry you through? Oh, yeah, you saw God's hand carry you through. See, I don't want the details on the betrayal. I want to hear about God's hand carrying you through. Amen. Have you ever been betrayed by someone and you saw God's hand carry you through? I had one of the craziest things happen in my life, and I'll share it with you as well. 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624. Give us a call. Boom Crew. Celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Joseph is a prime example of how to live when everything's going against you. Isn't he? Oh, yeah. He is the epic example. We think about the injustice after injustice that he experienced. Three, back to back to back. It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely. But he kept his heart fixed on God. You know, he even told Potiphar's wife, he even told her. Mm What did he tell her? He said, I cannot sin against God in this way. Against God. Yeah. So cool. Sean from Chicago, what's your story? Well, I got saved um, about 25 years ago, if, if that's not the exact date. I think it was like in uh, 2003. I mean, 1993, I'm sorry. Um, I was just explaining that I was in a situation to where I was um, a victim, I should say, of being in the wrong time. A uh, guy that I know, he robbed some people. I was in the area when it happened, and I end up facing uh, 9 to 45 on three different accounts. I end up with 25 years for a crime that I didn't commit. However, in the process of this um, this whole trial thing, uh, I was introduced to Christ in the Cook County Jail, and what happened was uh, I gave my life over to the Lord, And when I tell you my life has not been the same since, I end up with the 25 years and my whole entire time of being incarcerated 
I can literally say that I was more free in prison than oh, I was uh, in the outside world, you know, because I was addicted to drugs, I was gangbanging, and I was doing all manner of things that uh, that I knew in my heart of heart that wasn't right, and I didn't know how to get free from it. Wow. Well, I, exactly when I accepted the Lord into my life, He changed my mind, He changed my heart, my character began to change, and I began to... Um, just not do things that I used to do anymore. So I can honestly say that when you accept Christ Jesus into your life and allow the Holy Spirit to take over, then your life will never be the same. You'll be forever changed. Boom, Sean. That's one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard, my brother. Wow. Amen. Oh, that's so powerful. Is our God amazing, Sean? He's, he's amazing, man. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's never ceased to be amazing. I oh. got my own family right now. I own... Things I've gotten a college education since I've been incarcerated. Everything that I didn't have before, I I actually attained, and you know, within those prison walls. I'm not giving credit to the system itself, yeah. but to what Christ Jesus has done in my life. Wow. Yeah, that's super. Dies in here. Got the mind blowing emoji <laughs> over the top of her head right now. Seriously, Sean, I gotta meet you sometime. That's yeah. that's an epic anytime, story. Anytime. That's an epic story, Sean. Sean, yes, I want to tell you I love you, man. Talk about hey. Stay on the horn. You're getting the Carl and Crew prize pack. Absolutely. That ain't why you called in, but I'm giving you one of those. Put the mustard Absolutely. to it. On that one, put the mustard to it. Wow. I love it. We'll Make do. sure my book's in there. Will do. Sean, you're an inspiration, man. Amen. Amen. <sighs> Goodness, I don't know what else to say except that that's mind-boggling and so makes my heart sore, Sean. Oh man, that's that's what he does, man. Like I say, uh, it's nothing, it's nothing but the Lord. It's nothing but the Lord, man. And I'm just commanded to comfort those with the same comfort wherewith I've been comforted. There are many that are coming in and out of the system, and I've seen them come and go, even while my stay was there. But uh, one thing I can honestly say is when you get saved, man, God will wonderfully save you. <laughs> he will wonderfully save you. Oh, Sean. Oh, Sean. I don't know how you stumbled on us here, but I feel like I feel like God brought you here for sure, man. Thank you Thank for sharing you. that today. Thank you, guys. Wow. Thank you, guys, for having me. Stay on the horn. We got a Carl and Crew prize pack coming your way. I and that, that seems so dinky compared to what you gave us <laughs> I here. Like, drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Sean. Love you, man. That's so good. Wow. We're going to replay that 72 times here this morning. <laughs> and tomorrow. As we should. As we 72. Should. No, 84. Okay. Wow. Mm. If that doesn't fire you up. You got wet wood. You absolutely do. Yeah. Man. Joseph was betrayed, thrown in prison for honoring God. He never turned his back on God. He wound up owning the prison, interpreted dreams, told the cupbearer, when you get out of here, you're going to get reinstated into a place of honor. Told the poor baker, eh, those three baskets on your head. In three days, your head's going to be lopped off and birds are going to eat from your ne- bloody neck. 
told the cupbearer, hey, remember me, man. Cupbearer said, oh, yeah. Sure, I will. I, I will. Oops. Two more years in the clink for doing righteous acts. But God. But God. But God. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, we're talking about overcoming evil and enemies and even loving enemies and having a totally different perspective. Sometimes when you go through betrayal, it's just a huge thing. We just had an amazing story from Sean come in. They come in a lot of different forms. Let's get after them here. Caleb in North Chicago, what's your story, man? Morning. So I have been on active duty with the branch of the military for 15 years now. And about two years ago, we all got an order come down that we make a certain decision that through some prayer violated my religious conscience. And the consequences of not making that decision would have been separation from the military and even potentially jail time for disobedience to an order. And I prayed about it and they threatened to take away benefits and through the obedience our church reached out to us and supported us and covered my family and I. And then on a dime, I watched the military change their direction because of the hand of God. And after watching countless people be separated for making the same, for not making the same decision, not only did I get to stay, but I've just been approved to move toward retirement and to continue receiving my benefits. And I've watched multiple policies change since then that have been able to allow me to continue providing for my family through the hand of God in the military. Caleb, that's a beautiful story, man. Wow. I can only imagine what your, what, that must have been one of the most heart-wrenching things to do to stand up for biblical principles, but then to see God reward you in that way and to see it ultimately trickle down, that'll affect so many other people with a conscience like yours. It's got to be it's got to be one of the most amazing. To see the hand of God move like that, Caleb, it must be overwhelming. It's still to this day to know everything that he's done to care for me and my family. It felt like a hand-delivered provision and protection that was personally designed for the situation we were in. Um, the number of hours that I prayed over it, knowing that this could have a lot of consequences, but knowing that whatever it was, God was going to see us through it because He's the one that has sustained me through the military. He brought me safely through an Afghanistan deployment 12 years ago. Um, he's just been at work ever since. Caleb, you're a righteous dude, man. May your tribe increase. May we have more men like Caleb out there. Boom, brother. Amazing. Boom, boom, boom. That's why we call you the Boom Crew. Let's get one more in here. Let's go to Philip from Aurora. Philip, you yeah. uh, experienced a betrayal. Tell us about it. Absolutely. And can I just say that Sean and Caleb have inspired me. I've got chills from both those stories. I know it. Man. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Ooh. Ooh. You know something, man? I, you know, I spent 35 years in an industry where your agent is your, your best friend. You know, your agent becomes the person that helps you provide for your family. And they're the ones that give you opportunities to continue working in, in the business. And in 2022, I, I took a stand against a company that had taken a moral detour as far as I was concerned that they decided to follow an LGBTQTIA plus agenda across the entire platforms of their children's programming. And as a Christ following believer, I knew I wouldn't be able to continue working for that particular company. I knew I would have to say no to my contract and 
and, uh, and, and take the right stand. Uh, my wife and I prayed about it, uh, and we went to the producers and let them know that, uh, I'm sorry, I appreciate the offer, but uh, I have to resign. A week later, my agent dropped me. This is my longtime agent. Now, this essentially meant that I was done in the business. I was done in the third largest market in Chicago. And uh, that meant the end of a 35-year career. But praise be to God, almost immediately he opened up new ministries for me, men's ministry in our church. He opened up other ministries with the Glaucoma Research Foundation as a patient advocate. It was, uh, yeah, it was a miracle. Of course it was a miracle. But like Sean said, when God steps in, he steps in wonderfully. Caleb said the same thing, or even policies can turn. And I can say honestly that God did a miracle. In a moment of despair where I'm thinking, this is how my career ends, like this, for taking a stand. And God said, no, I've got, I've got new horizons. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Philip, I love you. By, yes, the, by the way, guys, um, I'm going to announce it right now. I finished your book, Philip. Yes, sir. And uh, Philip has written a book, a memoir of his life. Oh, wow. And um, you did a great job, bro. So we're going to see you. if someone wants to put ink to paper on this thing for you. But I need you to know that no matter the outcome, Philip, God has an amazing, amazing, amazing plan for you. Because your story is life-changing, bro. We love you, Philip. This is amazing. I'll be in touch with you soon. That's wow. Philip from Aurora. Yeah. Most of you listening have seen Philip on the small screen and big screen. Most of you. An amazing actor. Got booted by an agent. And he's right. The agents are hired to advocate for you. Yep. Wow. But who's our advocate when everyone else lets us down? Oh, boy. King of Kings. King of Kings. Yeah. I don't know what you're going through right now, but these three brothers, these three brothers, I'd go to war with any one of these guys. You take all three of them with you, you just stand back and let them do the spiritual fighting for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I know this. The God of David, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Moses, the God of Paul, Peter, John can be your God today. Everything you need to start your day right. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Ask my bride. It's the best passage of scripture. Bar none in your book for facing betrayal and deep hurt at the hands of people that become your enemies. She didn't miss a beat. Joseph. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Hmm. Because you can think King Saul and the way he handled David. You can think, I mean, come on. The list goes on and on. But you look at Joseph and you see something amazing. List me his first betrayal, Young Thunder. Joseph's first betrayal. Joseph's first betrayal was that his brothers intended to kill him. Instead, they threw him down a well while they decided what to do with him. Then and, they sold him. And they ended up selling him into slavery. Okay. He goes down to Egypt. This is why you got to hang on. Because when you think you're going south, you may be going north, people. That's true. That sound like some of my friend preachers. 
Um, because, no, in all seriousness. Yeah, so you're right. on a roll. Second betrayal, go. So uh, once he gets to Egypt, he ends up actually getting a pretty nice position working for Potiphar, who is a very high up guy in he's Egypt. The, he's the head of Pharaoh's guards. That's right. So he's he's probably top three in command. That's right. And Joseph kind of becomes his right hand man. Things are going well. But then Potiphar's wife. Yeah finds out that Joseph is pretty good looking and she wants to be with Joseph. That's exactly right. And so she asks Joseph to take part in this and Joseph says, nope, I'm not going to do that. That's uh, dishonoring to God and I'm not going to sin against him. He runs away from her, yeah. but she tears off a piece of his clothing, yeah. brings it to Potiphar. Got and his says, underbunders. Yeah, and yeah. says, uh, this man tried to assault me. Potiphar throws him in prison because of it when he didn't do anything. Third betrayal. Anyone else want to take it? Take it, Allie. Well, he ends up in prison, and he comes. He ends up interpreting some dreams yeah. for a couple of guys, and they realize, wow, he really hears from the Lord and knows what he's talking about, and he predicts accurately what their fate is going to be. And the guy who is going to survive and be released. The cupbearer. The cupbearer. He says, I'll remember you. Don't worry. What do you do? I'll get you out of here, basically. And then he forgets. Well, that's what the text says. He forgets. He forgets. And years pass. Two more. Joseph continues in prison for two additional years. This guy, oh, my bad. Forgot. Guys, you don't have to wonder what the math is. The math is 12 years, maybe 13, depending on age and a few other nudging things. Sure. 12 years from 18 to 30. Joseph shafted after shafted after shafted. And I don't care if you think he was a little bit cocky when he was reciting dreams that God gave him, by the way. God gave him the dreams where the stars and the sun and the moon are going to bow down to him. I don't think there's any other situation where we look at a man uh, where they might kill him, but they decide to throw him into slavery. And you go, well, he kind of deserved that he was cocky. Yeah, you know, like, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> even if he was, getting thrown into slavery is a little bit of uh, an overreach, if I would say so. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. I just, bottom line, I'm right now. We've got enemies that are betraying us. What can we take away from Joseph's story, Allie? Well, that we have to trust God and not people. If we're looking for people for deliverance, we will always be disappointed. God can use people as instruments, but ultimately our trust has to be in God. And Joseph remained steadfast in his trust in God. Yep. Yep. And that's the amazing thing about Joseph is he remains steadfast. Isn't that amazing? He, you don't, he didn't get bitter. He didn't get vengeful. He didn't come out of there and try to get back at Potter's for his wife. And ultimately the, the beautiful reconciliation at the end of the story with his brothers. Like the, he wasn't vengeance minded with anyone who had wronged him along the way. Here's the interesting thing about Joseph. He wasn't rewarded because he was, he wasn't rewarded, therefore he was faithful. He was faithful, therefore he was rewarded. The, le- the, the kind of the telltale sign of his life story is, let's be faithful and watch God deliver. Yeah. Because that's the promises of God. Now, is it without pain? Are you kidding me? There's a lot the of guys pain. in prison. The guy was probably beaten and tortured. Had some kind of punishment meted out to him. 
because it wasn't just this little thing. Go down to C Block and go in there and here's your mattress. No, things weren't like that. Yeah. It was rough. And then promoted all the way to the chief kingpin's right-hand man. And the rest of the story is epic. Check it out. Genesis chapter 37 through 38 is weird, but it's kind of thrown in there for free. But then all the way through 42, 43, and you're going to find an epic story there. You're going to love it. Don't just keep it to yourself. Give what you've heard to a friend with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just go to carlandcrew.org. You know, I, I know this for a fact because it's, it's weird when you hear about these shootings and different things like this. It makes you on alert just for, I, I don't know what reason, but human nature is when you hear about something, you go on alert. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting ready to head out the door this morning and I hear this scampering up my front steps right when I'm ready to open the door. Hello. And I'm like, what? And so I didn't open the door because I want to make sure, you know, I don't mind going mano a mano with someone, but I don't have firearm (laughs) in my hand. I don't know what's going on. And who's scampering up my stairs? Yeah, It's Amazon. He's dropping off a box. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Well, they do the overnight delivery. The overnight delivery stuff, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You can select delivery times now and get like the 1 to 4 a.m. shift. Yeah, I woke up up yesterday morning to a bag of dog food sitting at my door. (laughs) Because That's it was weird to say, man. Delivery. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then you know what I instantly went to? I I hurt for these guys. The chance of a Amazon delivery guy being mistaken for a bad guy? Yes. Oh sure. Well, because yes. a lot of them in the overnights, especially, drive up in their own car. Yeah, you their know, own vehicles. They're not driving around the big delivery. No, trucks. this wasn't a delivery truck. It yeah. was like a little uh, beat up SUV. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like peeking through, going, huh. I mean, wow. somebody scampering up your steps. Yeah, like early in the morning. Oh, dark 30. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody's out. Right. And and I chuckled at myself. I opened the door finally and I looked down. There's an Amazon package. And I chuckled out loud. I'm like, oh, brother. <laughs> wow. But here's my point. You see what's going on in the world. You see this massacre from this crazy man. And by the way, make no mistake about it. You can call him schizophrenic or whatever you want to call him. He's demonized. If you have voices in your head, that's demonic. Yeah. No, guys, it's demonic. These are demons. As a pastor, I've dealt with plenty of people who have heard voices. Hmm. Now, the question is, what do you do with people that hear voices? You know, I asked this of uh, who was the gentleman we had in here? Come on, help me. Spiritual warfare Dr. guy. Sam Storm? No, no, oh. no, no. He's not the warfare guy. Ah, come on, help me, guys. We just had him in here a couple of weeks ago. Anyhow, we um, I asked him, I said, can you deliver the unwilling? Was that remem- Fred Dickinson? Dickinson, that's oh. it. And remember what he said? He said, there's some debate on that one. Okay. And the debate was... Can you go in and say, come out of them without them being willing? Sure. Well, Jesus did. Yeah. Son of David, son of David. And he, remember? Mm-hmm. The, de- the demoniacs are following him around, shouting out his name. Yeah. He cast them out. But we need to be very careful with this because the preponderance of, first off, casting out demons was very rarely done. Only thing more rarely done by Jesus was raising of the dead. So very infrequent. 
So when you start looking for demons under every rock, you get in real trouble. That's a problem. Yeah. I mean, spend more time on discipleship than demon casting out, okay? Yes. If you want to go for a D word, let's go for discipleship. But we've got to understand that biblically and modern day, there is a spiritual war that's going on. And when people are hearing voices in their head, it is the accuser or the deceiver. And I don't care if he's using pharmacia to get into their heads. That we are spiritual beings. Yeah. And we've got to start seeing it for what it is. Yeah. I, it's just real. In fact, somebody asked me one time, you know, how many people in mental wards are demonized? You know, I don't want to put a percentage or a number to it, but a good number. A good number. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and this is why as long as anyone is alive and has a pulse, they're not beyond the reach of God. Yeah. They're not beyond the reach of God. If you're waking up and not knowing the news, there's been a mass shooting in Maine. Susan Collins, senator from Maine, has uh, put out some pretty good posts. It's really ugly. We've also got news in our country, and I, 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 I find this to be one of the most grievous things going. Now we've got college campuses flooded, and that is not an overstatement, flooded with students that are chanting for the destruction of the Jewish state and its people. Cheering what happened at the hands of Hamas. Now, can we all agree that's a level of darkness that is dark? Yeah. That dark. That's scary dark. Yeah. Here's what's weird. They're normal looking people. They don't have their hair all going straight up in the air and stuff. You know, they're groomed. Yeah. They got stylish clothes on. I they're- mean, have you ever heard the, you know, neighbors or friends' testimonies going, you know, I saw them every day. They they walked around just like you and me, yeah. you know. They were they were nice to my kid who lives next door, you know. Like, I, I never would have saw it coming. Yeah. That, that stuff gets said all the time about so many people. Yeah, even even people that are out chanting different things. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, it's just, just absolutely. crazy maker. So we live in a mixed up mess of a world right now. There's no doubt about it. But let's get some encouraging words. There's many that haven't bowed and need a bail. There's a lot of discipleship going on. I'm going to be baptized in a bunch of folks at 180 Chicago soon who have turned from darkness to the light. Love that. (laughs) I'm watching people get freed from addictions. I'm watching wayward kids come home. Yeah. I'm watching families healed. I'm watching marriages restored, marriage in our church. They were heading for the Splitsville. My bride and I met with them, and they are cooking. Praise God. Praise God. So in the middle of all of this, mm-hmm. God is on the move. God is still doing things. Yes. We got to remember that. Boom Crew. Celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys. Uh, when we look at what's going on in this world, I mean, there's there comes a time when I think things get to a boiling point in our nation. Whether it's massacres in Maine, students. I mean, Allie couldn't believe it. She's like, I got to see these things. Because to be fair, I don't blame Allie. I'm sharing quotes of chants that are going on on college campuses. Yeah, absolutely. U- UW in Seattle, uh, NYU, Georgetown. Uh, the list goes on and on. 
and they're beating on library doors to get to Jewish kids inside. You yep. saw the video. It's crazy. Yep. So you look at all this stuff that's going on. They're packing signs around campuses with Jews thrown in a trash can saying Jewish nations should no longer exist. Yeah. Celebrating what Hamas has done. I've got a video I'm about to show Ali. I couldn't, I couldn't bear to put it out on social media. It's unbelievably despicable. So what do you do? Ali said it an hour ago. We need to pray. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think, what changes that? Prayer can't. Like, what, what other option is there? You go None. and you just sit everybody down in a room and we talk. And, and we, stew. And we come to a good, nice conclusion as mostly good, nice people. Come yeah. on. You don't believe that's possible. <laughs> Allie, that's one of your best Carlisms you've done yet. Come on. I mean, think about this it. good. Think about it. No, just, I'm with you 100. Just get everybody in a room and be nice to each other. Sing Kumbaya. That's not going to happen. Nothing's going to change. But prayer can. Pastor Lutzer coming up. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, one of the things that we talk about around here a lot is prayer. I've been a part of two little mini awakenings. Prayer was at the engine room of this. It's easy to get amnesia with regard to the power of prayer. You can see them work in might as we pray here. And then almost forget that as if it never happened when you get right down the road. So we have an opportunity coming up. Pray Joliet has a, an event, an evening with Dr. Erwin Lutzer. It's going to be a call for freedom. This comes at a, it's a very timely event, Dr. Lutzer. Give it to us. It really is. It's on the Protestant Reformation. A number of years ago, we did a documentary that won three Emmys at the Midwest convention right here in Chicago. I want you to imagine a thousand people, NBC, ABC. Hmm. We were up against eight documentaries, including one on the Chicago Cubs and uh, also violence in Chicago. And we won three Emmys. Wow. And we're going to be showing that documentary. It is indeed a call for freedom. Some of it was filmed in Germany because it's on the Protestant Reformation. So after that is shown, I'm going to have the privilege of talking about the ongoing effects of the Protestant Reformation under Martin Luther. You know, it is so important for us to realize that it's during the time of the Reformation that the idea of freedom of religion was born. You know, when Luther said, my conscience is taken captive by the word of God, and uh, he was standing against a thousand years of church history, yeah. that was the seed that birthed freedom of religion. And the ongoing impact of the Reformation continues in many different ways. Dr. Lutzer, for someone listening who may not know what you mean by Protestant Reformation, give us a quick definition. Well, on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther nailed 95 theses to the castle church door in Wittenberg. And that began what is known as the Protestant Revolution, uh, Reformation. It was a protest against the misuse of indulgences. But you know, Ali, that document, many people have heard of that. They haven't heard a single one of those resolutions. 
of those uh, theses that Martin Luther put up. And we're going to be reading a few at this event. Now, the event that we're talking about is actually the 30th. It isn't the 31st. It's this coming Monday evening at the Mosaic Church. But we're going to be speaking about the time when Protestantism, of course, has grown out of that Reformation. The differences with the Catholic Church continue to this day, though we certainly invite Catholics to this event because we'll be able to answer questions and interact and discuss our differences. But, Ali, most people don't know that today they are influenced by this Reformation and they don't know how. So I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a great evening. We're going to be showing the documentary, A Call for Freedom, and then I'm going to be speaking briefly and answering questions. I think it's going to be very illuminating for people to understand the impact. More books have been written about Martin Luther than any man who lived except Jesus and Paul. And yet people know little bits and pieces of Luther They don't understand the full impact of what happened later. Pastor Lutzer, one final question I have for you. What role did prayer play in the Reformation and in Luther's life? That's one thing I have never personally studied. Do you know anything about that? You know, Luther actually used the scriptures in prayer. To him, praying meant going over the Ten Commandments. It meant praying the Sermon on the Mount. And there is a story, which I personally have not verified, where he said one time, I have so much work to do that I have to spend three hours in prayer today rather than just two. But the point is that for Luther, prayer happened all the time. There was this sense of dependence. Now, tremendous struggle. I mean, he struggled with depression. He went through doubts. It's a fascinating story. And it has implications for today. Boom Cruise, you're listening to this. You're you're probably just whetted your appetite enough to go, boy. I want to get there. Have we got an event for you to be at? It's going to be Monday, October 30th, 6.30 in the evening, totally free at Mosaic Community Church in Joliet. It's going to be a viewing of this award-winning documentary, followed by a Q&A with Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Just text the word Joliet, and we'll get you the details so you can get there. Text Joliet to 312-274-9624. Text Joliet to 312-274-9624. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carlin Crew Mornings. Yeah, taking that next step with Jesus. Sometimes it's tough when you feel betrayed. It's hard. It can paralyze you. And if you're not careful, bitterness can creep in. Joseph's story is in the scripture, starting in Genesis chapter 37, and it is epic. Now, the poor kid had the unfortunate providential experience where he had some dreams yeah and in his joy some people knock him for this but let's be careful this kid's 18 and he's already been hated by his brothers sure and he didn't choose the fact that jacob was going to find him the most popular kid yeah i mean of of course there'd be some jealousy if your dad is verbally picking favorites which jacob was verbally picking favorites but He didn't choose that. It's not his fault that Jacob did that. The brothers have another complication here. He has 10 half-brothers, and the 10 half-brothers, 
they didn't particularly like him because their mom is Leah, Mm -hmm. translated lazy eyes, Mm. and Rachel, the good-looking sister, is the mom of Joseph and Benjamin. Right. Jacob knew how to pick favorites, and he picked his favorite wife. Yeah, he picked his favorite wife. He got Rachel. He got bamboozled, as the story goes, into Leah first. Yep. That's a whole nother story. Can't get into it. But yeah. so those brothers knew that they're the sons of lazy eyes. Yeah. Now, I'm just going with what the text says. I'm yeah. not fabricating anything here. So they know, oh, great. We're the sons of lazy eyes and Jacob. My, our brother, two brothers, mm-hmm. Joseph and Benjamin are the sons of Rachel. She's the good looking one. So everything's stacked against this family right from the jump. Yeah. So they're jealous against this brother. And now he's got the coat of many colors. So he's getting all the perks. And then he has these dreams. And he goes to his brothers. He says, hey, I had this dream. All these bundles of wheat. (laughs) They're stacked up there. And I'm standing here. And I'm standing tall. And all 11 of my brothers are bowing down to me. Would you believe that? Can you believe what God showed me? <laughs> oh, guys, and I had this other dream. It's amazing. There's all these stars and the sun and the moon. And you all bowed down to me there, too. <laughs> There's a trend here, I'm noticing. And even even Jacob said, you mean me and Rachel and your brothers are all bowing down to you? Yeah. Knock it off, kid. You're my favorite one, and everybody knows it, but this is going a little bit too far. Calm down a little bit. Yes. So they conspire to kill him. And then Reuben steps in. He says, we can't kill him. So they put him in a pit. And while Reuben walks away, his brothers see a bunch of guys heading toward Egypt, and they said, let's sell him. And then it goes on from there. Take it away, young thunder, go. Yeah, so they sell him into slavery, and those slaves take him to Egypt, where he ends up serving under Potiphar, who is the captain of the guard. He's in charge of all the guards of Egypt, and so he's like third in charge in Egypt. And so a pretty high position. Potiphar likes Joseph, so he keeps Joseph close to him. Treats him well. Gives him the charge of everything. Yes. And and so you'd think, well, hey, things are starting to go pretty well for Joseph. Now, Potiphar's wife saw Joseph. She was attracted to him. She wanted to sleep with Joseph. And she asked Joseph to do this multiple times. And he said, no, I'm not going to do this. At one point, she kind of grabs him by the shirt and says, come on. And he says, no, I'm not going to sin against God in this way. So he runs away from her. And she Hold it, spike that. I'm not going to sin against God. Yeah, even in the midst of everything he had faced so far, getting torn away from his family and sold into slavery, he cares about how he acts in front of God. A quick parenthetical note here. If you're thinking about padiddling mm-hmm. on your wife, men, just think about this. Are you going to live a life that honors your most base impulses? Or are you going to honor God? Absolutely. Less big lessons in Joseph's story. Okay, keep cooking. Yeah. So obviously he runs away and Potiphar's wife grabs a piece of his of his cloak, of his shirt, and she brings it to Potiphar and says, Joseph assaulted me. And Potiphar believes her and he throws Joseph in prison because of it. Now, Joseph hasn't done anything wrong. In fact, he's honoring God, yet he's thrown in prison. Now, soon in prison... 
The favor of God is all over this guy. He's not turning his back on God. He's Absolutely. still worshiping God. And now he's running the whole prison. Yep. He's the warden. And the plot thickens. He meets a couple guys who have some dreams that they can't figure out what they mean. Well, you know, Joseph's a dreamer. He's been in this dream department before. So <laughs> I got some experience department. here. But it's God who gives him the ability to determine what the dreams mean. And so he gives both of them, uh, not his own interpretation, but what he hears from the Lord as far as what these dreams mean. For one, it means he's going to be released and he's going to be restored to his position. For the other, it means he is going to be killed. For the one who's going to live, he says, I'll remember you. Thanks. Joseph waits and waits. Two years pass. Nothing. Nothing. He gets out, forgets, forgets all about Joseph. Until... There needed to be an interpretation. Another dream. For another dream. The rest of the story unfolds that he became the second in command of all of Egypt. He was wise and shrewd. There's a storyline about saving in times of bounty here as well. There's financial advice in the story of Joseph. Yeah. One fifth of the goods that were harvested while the cows were fat to go with that dream metaphor. Mm -hmm. We're going to put these away in storehouses because guess what? We got seven years of full on famine here and That's we're right. going to get richer than you can imagine, Pharaoh. Yep. <laughs> it's guy. Yep. But he never lost faith in God. Yeah. Never lost faith in God. I don't know what you're going through today, but I'm telling you right now, our God, the God of Joseph, he sees, he sees, he sees. This is Brandon Lake. Praise him anywhere, guys. What a story, huh? Man, trust in God for deliverance. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.